I'm Cathy van Royen. Every week I chat with Peter Darrell about running and all the events happening and not happening due to the recent coronavirus. Peter Darrell is an athlete with a long history of running races. He's also got a personal mantra of why live by default when you can live by design. Peter, am I glad to hear you with this <laughs> lull in technology, and especially because you're sitting in a in a remote part of the world, and I'm still down at the coast. How are you doing this morning, Peter? Definitely wonderful. Uh, and you talk about technology. I actually thought my little problem was was a local problem because because I'm so remote, and uh, I didn't realise until this morning that it was a worldwide problem. And, so I, I went to bed oblivious to what was happening in the world. Uh, but it's wonderful to be able to chat like this. When I woke up, I thought, oh, I wonder if, if because I know you're not on any of the other streams, and I thought, I can't. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll, if, if need be, I'll, I can use the old faithful, the SMS system. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even sure whether that was working. But anyhow, the bottom line is we've connected and we can chat. It's so wonderful. And uh, it's just been it's been a wonderful, uh, interesting running weekend. Uh, yeah. For me, for me, the big thing was the London Marathon. As you know, I said I've done six. Sue reminded me that it was seven. And uh, but all the commentators were calling it the greatest marathon in the world, and there was some interesting discussion on Facebook with comments on it. And I must say that I do think it's a great marathon, whether it's the greatest in the world. I don't know. Uh, did you ever run it, Kath? No, I entered. entered a few times, never got in. But um, also on Sunday, which, according to me, was the greatest marathon in the world because it was the Loch Ness Marathon up north in Scotland was also taking place. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of, I think, of, of, of the debate. Uh, the debate tended to, to, to touch on, on, on New York. Uh, I also yeah. think Berlin is a contender, but there, there are others. Yeah. And, and uh, then we spoke a bit about what was your favorite marathon in South Africa. And again, everything depends on, on so many personal things. Yeah. And uh, I talk about the peninsula in Cape Town, which I think is a great run. But the year Sue and I did it, we ran into all sorts of problems um, with brought about about, about power outages, and um, mm. we we were staying in town, and we were I don't know, we were a million miles high in the sky, and we and we had to walk down the stairs to get to our car to drive to the start. And there were little things like that which really spoiled the marathon. Yeah. And it wasn't the great one. Uh, but others have gone down there and a ma magnificent run. Yeah. Uh, so, I think one thing that the commentators might have got right on Sunday if they were saying it was the greatest, it was, it was the greatest post-COVID because it's probably one of the biggest post-COVID with numbers-wise. Well, I actually wanted to touch on that. Um, and uh, quoting our dear friend, Norrie Williamson, 
And he's made a big thing that there were 40,000 runners at London. Yeah. There were 25,000 runners at Berlin the week before. And, okay. and they, so, so, so these events are, these events are taking place. And come on, guys, let's get our act together in South Africa. Against that, I yeah. think things are happening in South Africa. So uh, we've got Cape Town Marathon where they're going to be 12,000 runners. I think it's fantastic. Locally, um, the tough, the RAC Tough One is taking place shortly. Uh, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, and, and I think also, sorry, the date for the comrades being announced might get a lot of the race organisers to start thinking, OK, because we can't just go and rock up and do comrades without having had the races. So perhaps that might be a good incentive to get the to get the ball rolling, so to speak. I, I agree with you. I hadn't particularly thought about that one. But but what I liked about the tough one was, and I saw a post from my friend Ken Swettenham, and Ken was saying, right, now I've got a goal to train for. Yeah. And suddenly he's got his act together. On Sunday, he went out and did his longest run since lockdown, training yeah. training for the tough one. And yeah. so we're going to see more and more. But but what I really liked was that it was, here, here is a goal, folk can aim at it. She and her friend Maya are, are, are running it. Uh, it will be Sue's 30th tough one. It will wow. be Maya's 20th. And then they both said, then they can retire finally. And, uh, so I, I think that that's happening. an exciting development. <laughs> I don't think Sue's going to retire. But the, the interesting <laughs> thing is down here in Durban, yesterday I went for a run after not having run the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, and I went down to the beachfront and I'd known that on Sunday there was the triathlon that was happening. And it was interesting to see the fences being, you know, dismantled and the, the toilets being taken away. And I thought, okay, this does look almost normal apart from some of the people still wearing masks around and, and you yes. know, running with masks and buffs. Um, it was quite fascinating to see that, that, that it was not just a small race, which I'd seen with the ladies event that I'd, we talked about previous weeks, but this was had a long line of fencing and obviously they, they had to contain the, the, the running at a certain space. And, you know, these, these companies, like the, not even the racing, um, you know, the race organisers, I'm talking about the peripheral ones, the, the toilet suppliers and the, the fencing and the, the sound systems, all these bit, little businesses have struggled because there's yes. been no event too. Yes. So, you know, in the greater scheme of things, the, the repercussions of, of this lockdown must uh, must be huge, but at yeah. least it's starting to trickle back in. Which is which is wonderful. Um, just just talking about these, and you spoke about the spa ladies, which was there the week before, and uh, it was the spa ladies in in Johannesburg on Sunday. Yeah, and. Um, you know, for me, the highlight of that was Deirdre Larkin. We spoke last week of Deirdre turning 90. She went out and she ran a 79-minute 10K race. Wow. I just think for, for a 90-year-old, that is quite something. Yeah. Um, At the stage for a 50-year-old, it's quite something. <laughs> Well, I agree with I agree with you. Um, 
I, I picked up over this weekend that the motto or the creed for the spa ladies is don't limit your challenges, challenge yeah. your limits. And I thought that's wonderful. And, and yeah. yeah, certainly Deirdre, Deirdre did that. Uh, yeah. I saw a lovely post and coming from Blanche Moiler and uh, she spoke about it. Um, I had a note of, of Blanche's time, but I've lost it in this technology little blurb that we've had. Yeah. And uh, but but Blanche was very happy with her time. Uh, the other one, and I don't know her time. We spoke about it last week. Was was her vet van sale? She came fourth, I think, in the last one. She came third on Sunday, so I'm yeah. sure she will be very happy with with her her performance. Yeah. Uh, I also saw uh, Frances van Black, and uh, she was happy with her performance. But uh, so that was that was wonderful. Now, talking of performances, what was very interesting was that the ladies' London Marathon was run by, and I I can't really pronounce these names, Joycelyn Jeffkoskenda. She did two hours seventeen forty three, which was just off the world record. Uh, yeah. But the the incredible thing was that the first five ladies all ran a sub two twenty marathon, sure. and that's the first time that's ever been done. So yeah. that's quite quite an achievement. Uh, so that was fantastic. Um, Joycelyn was also the the holder of the world record for 10,000. And while she was winning London, somebody else was running in Geneva uh, and and broke the world record for the 10K and yeah. uh, broke her record by five seconds and, and, and did 10Ks in 29.38. So that was, it was just an interesting little thing that that came through this week. Um, so yeah, it was it was exciting. And, uh, Perhaps the you know the 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 need and the desire to compete has pushed people to you know bypass their performances. You know the records, but maybe um, you know in a way that, that the competitive field has been so hungry. And I mean, I'm not I'm not that kind of competitive. I'm competitive with myself, but you know, I mean, it it is. I think maybe made people do all sorts of different things, unusual things. So, you know, although a lot of the events stopped, perhaps there's the different, as you say, the, the records are dropping. I mean, five seconds in the 10K is yeah. actually quite a, a big drop. So, yeah, the future looks quite um, unusual and so, certain. <laughs> with those sort of things, yes. Yeah. Uh, I picked uh, up another birthday over the weekend. Yes. Lord Sebastian Coe. Uh, he okay. turned 65 uh, on Sunday. Now he was one of my great heroes, and I actually had a, I had a picture of him on the on the wall. Uh, he was the Olympic gold medalist in 1980 and 1984. Uh, I jotted down that he he held the world record for the mile in three minutes 47 seconds. 33 and as I wrote that down I wondered what the world record for the mile was today because that that would have been set in the 
in the early 80s. Yeah. Uh, but I remember his races with uh, the two Steves. Uh, wonderful, a wonderful era, yes. And I believe you had your own little race yesterday, was it, that you were challenged on the road by a big competitor? But the elephants? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, you know, it's it, it's very interesting. Um, we weren't challenged, but we were interrupted. Um, we've got a little circuit we do from our from our timeshare, and uh, but we couldn't complete the circuit because elephants were coming onto our track. And mm -hmm. uh, so we had to turn around and make a, make an adjustment. But then, then the double interest was yesterday where we had breakfast. We had a very pleasant breakfast at one of the picnic spots. But later in the day, that picnic spot was invaded by by elephants as well. So, yes, <laughs> we're in just the bush and we're experiencing it. Yeah. Just to explain to the, to the listeners that this is not just your normal day in Johannesburg. This is you spending time out at the Kruger National Park, just to, just to, just to qualify that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, is, it, is, it, is something, it is something special. And as you say, Cathy, it's not, it's not downtown Johannesburg. We are in the bush and we've gone out. Uh, we, yeah, I'm going to say 350 kilometers from home and uh, in Africa's yeah. wild. But it's wonderful, despite that, that we're able to communicate like this. Yes, yes, and, thankfully, uh, yes. You know, wonderful. modern technology. I mean, yesterday's chunk of time where, where there was, you know, the Facebook was down and the, the WhatsApp was down. It was rather, oh, okay, what do we do now? How do we communicate? <laughs> so <laughs> it is nice to be able to chat like this. Thank you for your sharing your experiences Thanks, with Kathy. us. I look forward to talking maybe from normal circumstances next week when I'm back home. I certainly hope so. Have a good week. You too.